Welcome to Ununinformed. I'm Sean Seavey. Each week, Ununinformed helps you in being connected to the world around you so you don't feel so dumb around your smart friends. Today, we're having a Democrat and Republican debate on immigration. Well, well, kind of. We've, we've got Sean the Democrat and uh, Sean the Republican facing off on this sticky issue. You'll hear the left-leaning Sean the Democrat in your left speaker and right-leaning Sean the Republican in your right speaker. So, so if you're doing the whole earphone thing uh, where you're only wearing one earphone, um, you'll only hear one side of the debate. Speaking of which, many Americans do the same thing. They only hear one side of the debate. And don't even listen to the other side. We encourage you to do both today. So wear both earphones and buckle up because this can get a little messy. All the questions were from Facebook when I asked what kind of uh, questions people had about politics behind immigration. The results were overwhelming. Uh, But as moderator, I tried to pick at least one question from each person uh, that participated in the conversation. So before we begin, I'd like to put in a plug for following us on Twitter. This is a great place to have conversations like this. Um, that's, that's one way that Twitter's better than Facebook, is the dialogue there. So Ununinformed is brand new to Twitter, and we only have like five followers, and they're probably all spam. But for all the people who follow us in this next week, we'll give you a shout-out on the next week's show. So follow us. Ask us questions. Tell us what you think about the show. And uh, give us uh, suggestions. We want to have a conversation. So, let's jump into this. Okay, welcome to the Ununinformed Debate on Immigration. On the left, we have Sean the Democrat. Hey, thanks for having me. And on the right is Sean the Republican. Howdy. Now, these two are not currently politicians, but they've done extensive research into their party's platforms. So, uh, you may hear direct quotes of the official platform of each party mixed in with some of the experiences that Sean has had on the left and that Sean has had on the right. These experiences are real. And it kind of shows how one mind could be leaning more left or right, depending on the situation. So let's start off with our first question submitted by Jake Chamberlain. He said, What do you think of America as a country of immigrants? As Democrats, we clearly recognize that uh, the United States was founded as and continues to be a country of immigrants from throughout the world. So it's no coincidence that the Statue of Liberty is, is one of our most profound national symbols. And that's why Democrats believe immigration is not just a problem to be solved. It's a defining aspect of the American character and our shared history. Yeah, I I agree that that America is a country of immigrants. Republicans realize that legal immigrants have been at the heart of building the American economy since the birth of the nation. Since we believe that the greatest asset of the economy is the American worker, we praise the, the value of legal immigrants in our workforce. Their industry and commitment to American values strengthens our economy, enriches our culture, and enables us to better understand and more effectively compete with the rest of the world. Okay, great. Uh, we've got a, we got another question by uh, D. Earl. Um, and he said, what is the end goal of immigration? Is it national sovereignty? 
is that important? So, so there are many benefits of immigration. Like, like I just mentioned, legal immigrants provide something new to our culture and bring talents to the workforce that we otherwise wouldn't have. Take, for example, Albert Einstein. Um, he came to the U.S. when Hitler came to power. And as a German Jew, he clearly didn't return uh, back to Germany. Instead, he became an American citizen, and it goes without saying, he produced some of the greatest scientific advancements to the U.S. Now, the person posing the question mentioned national sovereignty. Um, in, in a way, he's asking, um, are we considering the long-term self-sufficiency of the U.S. when we're um, talking about immigrants? And uh, as Republicans, we strongly believe that immigrants should should benefit uh, should should benefit us in the long term, and we shouldn't lose sight of that. We shouldn't lose sight of how immigrants help our nation, particularly our economy. Well, that's fantastic. I, I really feel I can really see that this conversation is going to turn into some constructive dialogue where people are actually hold on, going hold to. Hold on, I'm not done yet. I I would just like to add that we can continue to see the benefits of legal immigrants if Democrats stop turning a blind eye to illegal immigration and its negative impacts on the economy. The Obama administration didn't seem to mind that illegal immigrants were, were making things worse uh, for many Americans struggling to find jobs. Let me interject here. Clearly, Democrats have not turned a blind eye to illegal immigration. I mean, in fact, Obama, was de he deported more illegal immigrants than any other president before him. That's a fact. But, but the big difference between the Democrats' approach compared to the Republicans' approach is that Obama administered a great focus on immigrants that had criminal offenses rather than tearing families apart with random raids and roundups of children and families. Now, now let me answer the question about the goal of immigration. We're proud of our heritage as a nation of immigrants. We know that today's immigrants are tomorrow's teachers, doctors, lawyers, government leaders, soldiers, entrepreneurs, activists, PTA members, a pillar of communities. Immigrants are at the heart of America. When they are empowered, America is empowered. The end goal of immigration is to make America stronger from unique contributions from diverse people from all over the world. We have another question from Elizabeth Smith. Um, she said, what is the process to have a legal status in the U.S. for an average person? So how long does that take? How long? Well, well, too long. We recognize that the current immigration system is broken. And that's why we're all for the comprehensive immigration reform. Here are some of the things we're out to fix. First, we realize that there are more than 11 million people that are living in the shadows without proper documentation. The immigrant bureaucracy is full of backlogs that result in U.S. citizens waiting for decades to be reunited with family members, and green card holders waiting for years to be reunited with their spouses and children. We're out to fix these things, so families are not held up by the slow immigration process. But Democrats' comprehensive immigration reform does not provide a means to have any type of limit on how many people enter the U.S., I, I don't see the backlogs getting any better if there's no limit on who and how many people come into the country. So we, we had somebody on Facebook with a similar concern. Henry Limford, this is what he said. 
I visit other parts of the world, and a ton of people really want to live in the U.S. But the USA can't bring in three billion people. So my question is, where do you draw the line? Well, if you're a Democrat, there is no line. They call it good intentions, but their policies and apathy toward this issue are leading them down a path that isn't sustainable. Um, they they want open borders. And they do not enforce the rule of law when it comes to illegal immigration. Now, let me just add: from its beginning, our country has been a, a haven for refuge and asylum. That should continue, but with major changes. Asylum should be limited to cases of political, ethnic, or religious persecution. But we can't go around giving everyone who wants to come here a ticket to the U.S. So, where do we draw the line? Finally, President Trump has drawn the line. He's delivering on his campaign promise to finally do something about the immigration issues, which were made worse under the Obama administration. Finally, the U.S. is building a wall on its southern border to close the floodgates. And finally, immigrants from six Middle Eastern countries are banned from coming to the U.S. Wait, that was blocked by judges that saw it was unconstitutional to have a Muslim ban. It wasn't a Muslim ban. Yeah, it was. Trump's first executive order clearly included discrimination based on religion. That was blocked. Then they reworded it, and it still was blocked. There was no mention of discrimination based on being Muslim. That's nowhere to be found in either draft of the executive order. So let me butt in here.、Uh, to be clear, there was no mention of Muslims in either executive order, but Uh, the first executive order did indirectly give Christians or other non-Muslims preference in prioritizing who to let in the country. It, it said it would quote prioritize refugee claims made by individuals on the basis of religious-based persecution, provided that the religion of the individuals is a minority religion in the individual's country of nationality. Close quote. It would prioritize minority religions, and since all seven of those countries that were on the first refugee ban were Muslim majority, there would be a preference given to any religion but Muslims. That was taken out of the second draft of the ban, but. Just like the first draft, that one was blocked by federal judges. So these issues are being played out as we speak, and it's probably heading to the Supreme Court sometime in the future to determine if this executive order is constitutional. It's not. Yeah, it is, and it'll hold up in court. This leads us to our next question. This was from、uh, Michael Banks. He said, "Is there a template we should use to define?" Who can enter the U.S.? If so, what is it? Can there be a religious test or others related to constitutional rights? Let me first、uh, address the religious test issue. As Democrats, we reject attempts to impose a religious test to bar immigrants or refugees from entering the United States. It is un-American and runs、uh, contrary to the founding principles of this country. Now, about if there should be a template for who comes in. I believe one of those templates is a poem associated with the Statue of Liberty. It says, "Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed, to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door."
You memorized that? I, 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 just, I just pulled it off my phone. Anyway, so, so under that template, we're not elitists trying to bring in people who look just like us. Rather, we're here like Lady Liberty on Ellis Island, welcoming immigrants with open arms. Democrats realize that rather than creating divisions among us, we can rally around our national motto, E Pluribus Unum. Um, I, I know this is a stupid question, but, but what exactly does that mean? Siri, what does E Pluribus Unum mean? E Pluribus Unum means, out of many, one, the motto of the U.S. Um, out of many, one. Yeah, it means out of many, one. So, we're all better with immigrants, no matter what their background is. We're stronger together. That sounds all heartwarming and stuff, but the reality is we can't just let everybody in because opening the floodgates is not sustainable. We need to consider the impact that immigrants have on the American worker. And creating a template for who ought to come in here, this is what I'd ask. First, are they going to positively contribute to American values? And then second, are they going to contribute to our fantastic economy? Democrats have ignored the long-term impact of just letting anyone in. So to immigrants, I'd say if they want to be on the team, they've got to play the game. And they've got to play the game by the rules. So you mentioned American values just now. So one of our submitters on Facebook, Sunjai Pak, asked the question, quote, why are we accepting immigrants who do not respect American culture, tradition, and values? Why do I have to feel guilty when I say Merry Christmas or Happy Thanksgiving in America? Close quote. But then, then another submitter um, actually reacted to that question by asking another question that perhaps maybe gets into the heart of the issue. So Jake Chamberlain said, quote, What are officially American values? So, to you and your party... How do you define American values? Like the submitter, we believe that our American values are based on our rich traditions. These values are diverse. But these values don't come from the government. They come from the institutions of family, schools, congregations, and neighborhoods. And clearly, many of these institutions which allow us to express these American values are under attack by a host of liberal ide ideologies. Uh, these institutions are the pillars of our free society. They create spaces where the power of government should not intrude. As Republicans, we will support these essential institutions rather than trying to regulate them as the Democrats would. We will do whatever we can to protect these institutions because federal policy that overreaches into these institutions will erode American traditions and values that, that we Ultimately, we, we hold dear. I reject that Democrats are attacking American traditions. In fact, Democrats understand that America was a country founded upon individual freedom. Many people who have immigrated to our country, from the pilgrims to the Syrian refugees, they came here to enjoy religious freedom. We support that. We believe that in the heart of American values is the ability to live the American dream, regardless of your race, ethnicity, national origin, language, religion, gender, age, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. Democrats believe that no matter our background, 
We are stronger together. Oh yeah, that's Hillary's slogan. Stronger together. She didn't come out very strong in the end, did she? And Democrats believe that cooperation is better than conflict. Unity is better than division. Empowerment is better than resentment. And bridges are better than walls. And these principles just outlined are the American values that this country was founded upon. Now, going back to what you, Sean the Republican, said about preserving American values, um, we have a question from uh, Facebook directed to you. This is from uh, Garrett Sudwigs. He said, how do you reconcile a desire to conserve American tradition socially with increased border regulation while supporting free market principles economically? That's an excellent question, and I'm glad I have the opportunity to make this clear. So there is no conflict between keeping the market free while regulating the border. Why? Because we believe that the only way we can have a healthy free market is if we agree to play by the rules. This is something that Democrats don't get. They don't seem to see that allowing people to work without authorization makes it bad for everyone else who's playing by the rules. Let me give you an example. When I was in college, I had my own startup for online tutoring where I would hire students to be tutors. As part of this process, my employees were required to fill out an I-9 form to verify that they were, in fact, uh, authorized to work for the U.S., whether it was some proof of their citizenship, a work visa, or some other type of verification. So, so sure, I, I could have saved a, a few bucks if I hired people unauthorized to work in the U.S., but I didn't. I could have saved a few bucks, but I, I was bound to obey the law. It was a sacrifice. Now, if someone else comes along and starts the same business and pays their workers under, under the, be, below the going rate and even below minimum wage, how do I compete? How do I compete if they're not abiding by that I-9? It's not a free market when people aren't playing by the rules. And that's why there's no conflict between the rule of law and the free market. Well, I have a question for Sean the Democrat. How do you reconcile not keeping the laws of the land with immigration? Undoubtedly, I believe in keeping the law, but families are just too valuable for us to separate parents from children. These are parents who came here seeking a better way of life. I'll admit it. I'm a descendant of an illegal immigrant. One of my ancestors snuck on a boat to come from Europe to the U.S. But when he was, when he was discovered, he pledged to, to work hard. He started out by living on almost nothing, but eventually he lived out the American dream. Here I am, years later, continuing to live that same American dream. Now we have a question from uh, Millie Longhi. Um, she asks, The impact of immigration is unquestionably multi-generational. Being second generation myself, I see many young people in my Tongan American community fare worse educationally, economically, and even socially than their immigrant parents. In terms of policy, what recourse would you recommend? The, the submitter talks about this uh, generation doing worse than their parents. Part of that problem stems from the over-increasing price of college tuition. Democrats believe that in America, if you want a higher education, you should always be able to get one. Money should never stand in the way. Cost should not be a barrier of getting a degree or credential, and, and debt should not hold you back after you graduate. And as far as policy, here's our plan. Democrats are unified in their strong belief that every student should be able to go to college debt-free 
and working families should not have to pay any tuition to go to public colleges and universities. We will also make community college free. The federal government will push more colleges and universities to take quantifiable, affirmative steps in increasing the percentages of racial and ethnic minority, low income, and first generation students they enroll and graduate. So I believe that eliminating school debt is, is something specific um, which will help these children of immigrants like the one uh, who, who asked the question. So I, I believe we can make it so they can fare as good as anyone else, both educationally and financially, because they will not be hindered by their budget in, in getting the education they need. Republicans don't believe that we need to socialize the school system and put it completely into the hands of the federal government. But we clearly see the problem. The cost of a college education has been on an unsustainable trajectory, rising year by year, far ahead of inflation. So nationwide student debt now exceeds credit card debt, with average debt levels per student totaling roughly $27,000. Over half of recent grads are unemployed or underemployed, working at jobs which their expensive education gave them no preparation. So th there are so many solutions in the private sector that are un underutilized, and, and, and we want to empower their role. We need systems of learning to, to uh, compete with traditional four-year schools. We've got technical institutions, online universities, uh, lifelong learning, and, and work-based learning um, in the private sector. So public policy should, should advocate for their affordability and their innovation and transparency and should recognize that a four-year degree from a brick-and-mortar institution is not the only path uh, toward a, a prosperous and fulfilling career. But, but, but it doesn't start, stop there. The federal government should not be in the business of originating student loans. In order to bring down college costs, and give students access to, to all the financial options, uh, the private sector participation in student financing really needs to be restored. So I really appreciate both of you coming here um, to the debate. Um, we're, we, we're kind of running out of time, so, but thank you for en energetically uh, giving us uh, the, your look into how Democrats and Republicans offer solutions to immigration and other uh, social issues. And we'd like to thank the submitters um, for their questions. They've really shaped the discussion today. So we have one last question submitted by Zach Stuckey, and this is what he had to say. Quote, How can we do away with oppositional politics to come up with sustainable solutions? <clears throat> um, can you repeat the question? Well, we tried to reach across the table with Obama, and because of the and you guys partisan politics, the you conservatives wouldn't do anything. Neil Gorsuch, because you guys were upset. Upset about you guys So hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You guys haven't even answered the question. Well, that's it for now. Uh, thanks for listening. So, uh, how'd we do? Clearly, Republicans killed it. No, Democrats totally, totally knocked it out of the park. So we'd love your comments and uh, what you thought of the debate. And if you have any, have any suggestions for future topics, we'd love to do this again. Let us know what you think. So we're on Twitter now, and we only have a few followers. So uh, add us on Twitter, and we'll give you a shout-out in this first week. 
uh, our Twitter handle is at un underscore uninformed, and uh, it's also in our show notes. So our music is provided by Dee Dee Dumbo. I'm Sean Seavey, and you've been listening to Un Uninformed. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>